Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with jazz baritone saxophonist Claire Daly on the new 2023 CD, Vuvu for Francis. She plays standards with George Garzon on this latest release, along with a grand cast of musicians. In the 1940s, Francis Ballantine discovered live jazz in Harlem on 52nd Street, befriending and socializing with many creators of the music. She became a lifelong jazz fan and is still attending live shows at 98 years old. This album is in honor of the jazz love she shares with so many people around the globe. We cover this and so much more. Enjoy this interview. Claire, it's great to see you in, in virtual person. Likewise, likewise. God, how you been? It's been so many years, right? Well, it's weird because, you know, we initially interviewed in 17 and then the world shut down and got goofy. And then we caught up in the roaring period of the pandemic in October of 2020, where yeah. we were like, holy shit, what's going on? Exactly. <laughs> and then now we're entering the post-pandemic period. So now we get to hit all of the different slices of being alive. <laughs> we really have touched the bases. Yes. yes, we have. So how are you? We came out of this. You got a new album with George Garzon. What's going on? Um, uh, life is good. You know, I, I, if it, I feel like there were a few stops and starts to the re-entry here into earth. Yeah, right. <laughs> really, I, I think I was in this room by myself for two years, but um, it felt like it. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, luckily, I have a lot of friends and a lot of outreach, and it was it was cool. It was actually, there were some really great things about it, too. Yeah. No, and I think that for the musician community, as much as it was bad, it did give people pause, and I think it had a monopoly on us. We had to figure it out, so... You sink or swim, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's and we've come, really come back to a whole nother world, which has been so interesting for me. Putting this record out, like, wow, man, the world is very different than. I mean, I hadn't put one out by myself in a long time. Like, I had a, a small label that put out some different ones, and um, I guess uh, I keep saying I've, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot and I really am. I mean, I say it, it's kind of a funny thing to say, but I, I really am learning a lot like about how the, how the business goes now. And, you know, we've all known that CDs were technically, you know, like out for a long time, but um, the, the paradigm really has, has switched now. And there still are people that want CDs and I will have them for them, but um, uh it's all different now. The online game has changed everything. You know, it's interesting. I remember one PR person during the pandemic said, kiss CDs goodbye because of all of this like tactile stuff. It's going to go away. And I was like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's a real, it's like a CD for a musician's like a business card for the layperson. It is definitely a way of like putting yourself out there, you know, and no matter what happens, all of these radio stations that cater to you and all the musicians are going to always have CD players in there. As part of it. But yeah. what I see now, so many people, and sometimes I'm surprised who really prefers all do, getting it online. Just yeah. because if you think about it, it is easier in a way. I mean, there's a, there is a tactile aspect that we all have that we like. I mean, albums, whoever thought albums would come out. I'm oh my God. You. This wait, this came today. This is the test pressings for for the vinyl for this record. 
And I have to now go and listen to them somewhere. <laughs> I think the place is, has an office here. And, um, okay. And then there, I mean, I never in my life thought that I would make an actual record and I grew up with records. So, you know, don't burn all the CDs just yet. <laughs> you know, it's not. Yeah. Well, it's not only that vinyl came back. Vinyl has statistically been proven the last couple of years to save the recording industry. The amount of revenue from vinyl is huge. Wow. Yeah. So, cool. you know, I will, I will, I'm going to make a confession about CDs. So when I get CDs, I love listening to it in the car. Okay. I love watching the world go by. It's, it's great. And I do love tactile. So I have all of these get amassed and I just don't want to keep that carbon imprint in my life. So what I do around Halloween is I give them out to the kids. Or if I see a lemonade stand, I will give the kids CDs and they're like, what is this? And I'm like, it's jazz. And they're like, what's that? Yeah, I know, really. <laughs> what's this space music? What, what, what UFO did it come out of? So anyway, they love it and they look at it and they're bespeckled. And I just hope that some of them listen to it and it made some kind of impact, you know, because when I, cause I rip it all down digital. So at that point when it's physical, it's like, it's just, you know, letting the rest of the world listen to it. Beautiful. So what else can you do? You know, you, yeah. you, you do it and you try to pass it along. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. it. Keep yeah. the torch going. So your latest album with George Garzone and such a wonderful lineup is Vuvu for Francis. And I'm curious from you, talk to me about how the assemblage of players came together in the creative vision for this. Sure. I was offered some studio time from someone putting together a studio. And I thought, well, what am I going to do? And I, I didn't really have the vision yet. And I thought, you know, my beloved friend, Francis, is, Francis Ballantyne, is now 98 years old and a jazz fan since the 1940s. A very interesting person, a great New Yorker. She's smart and sad. I mean, she's really um, a dynamic person and has been very important and influential in my life. So I thought, you know, I'm going to make a record for Frances and I'm going to, I'm going to let her pick the tunes and I'm going to use people that know that have met Frances at least, you know, so Dave Hofstra had met her. Frances has been coming to my gigs for I don't know what, 25 years, maybe, you oh. know, around town. Um, Dave Hofstra on bass, a, a great rock of Gibraltar bass playing, fabulous person. John Davis, who's been in playing with me a lot of gigs for, uh, for several years. And, uh, and David F. Gibson on drums, who also knew Francis from other mutual friends over the years. And, I thought, okay, well, this this would be really swinging. We're just going to do this. So uh, Francis starts suggesting tunes, and I'm looking into them, and, you know, the, the process is happening. It's going to happen very quickly. So then George and his wife were down, were down in New York. They live in Boston. And um, we were in my car, and George's like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this record for Francis. Now, he met Francis once here, and – he said, Oh, when are you doing that? And I told him and he, he was available to come down and play, play on it. So, 
Um, that is how, and then it just snowballed and it turned into a whole other thing. And I had to, <laughs> I picked some different tunes, like it, it became a different project once there were the two horns. And, um, so, uh, so we morphed some of the tunes around and we've, we've, um, we just came up with what we came up with. I, I don't even, I don't even know how half of it happened. <laughs> what a wonderfully organic way to, uh, to, to just kind of immortalize this person you know which is the nature of art right yes now do you have it had i sent it to you yes i believe yeah 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 i believe i did wow yeah she you know i go to i go to i go to gigs a lot here in kansas city and there's a there's a series on thursday afternoon at the blue room the world famous blue room on 18 and vine and there's always a couple that comes in and there's a little old man that comes in with his wife and he can't his He's bent at almost a 45 degree angle. He can hardly walk. He has a walker. It takes forever for him to get in, but he sits there and you just see that foot when the band goes and, and he just comes alive. He's like a, it's like a nature special on like a flower that goes through this time lapse thing where it just opens up towards the sun. It's amazing. Joe, I think I met him when I played there. Wow. You did. Cause he heard Charlie Parker. Yeah. He's, I mean, he He's just, heard everybody. Yeah, he oozes with history, and yeah, they're always there. Yeah. Wow. Okay, I'm that's glad wild. To hear they're still there because it was a bunch of years ago when I was probably ten years ago when I was there, and um, I sat with them for a while. He was amazing. Oh, I yeah. Love him. yeah, I need. I need to talk to him then. You just urged me to just kind of do like a person on the street kind of thing. Cause there are fanatics that, that really take on kind of a musician persona. Cause yeah. they're just so prolific with loving the music and being there for it, which is what the symbiotic relationship between fan and musician. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, it's circular. Yeah. Um, yeah, talk to him. I'd say tell him I said hi. I, doubt I will. Me, but, well, I doubt he'd remember me, but but I I really he made a very big impression on me because he, wow. he was that's so cool. Listener. Yeah, go talk to him, Joe. You need him. Yeah, I, I, show, man. <laughs> I was telling my wife about that. I think I wrote a poem about him, and uh, in fact, I'll send that to you when I find it. Oh, love and it. and it was just one of those triumphant moments in life. It's those little things, those uh, Billy Collins moments that we all forget but get immortalized in writing, and it's so cool. Yeah. Um, so ultimately at the end of the day, what are you hoping the listener gets from this project? Oh, that's a good question. Well, I would hope that they would feel good listening to the music because I was, I was thinking about that recently, how, when I first heard jazz when I was a kid and it was very straight ahead, um, things, uh, it just, I didn't know any of the songs. I didn't understand what was happening. I didn't know, I didn't know what was going on necessarily, but it made me feel good. Mm -hmm. And this album isn't only swing. There's a lot of swinging on it and it's really good swing. I mean, you know, Dave Gibson played with Count Basie band. I love it. Yeah. I love him. Very swinging drummer. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Dave Hofstra just swings like, I mean, his quarter notes are incredible. Anyway, it's not only that, but I just want people to feel good when they hear the music. And, um, yeah, I, I, I want people to just to, to feel it rather than 
it's you know it's and also that i want people to hear a different side of george garzon than they're used to hearing because yeah. people think of george as a wild man which which he's you know the, the a master of and uh he is also one of the most melodic big tenor sounds i've ever known i mean he i think he's my favorite living tenor yeah. player. And he just happens to be my friend of many 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 years <laughs> yeah you know it's th that's that's the thing about jazz it's that warm serum that you know in the beginning you can't quite put your finger on it but it just makes you feel good like the first time and i know there's millions of people that have felt kind of blue as their first moment you just can't really put your finger on it but that's it that's the reason why we do this that's the reason why i put this show on so that somebody accidentally runs into it and says what is that and then they're hooked it's like the first tattoo the first cigarette the first gin martini <laughs> it, it's the moment you spend your life chasing that again <laughs> absolutely it's the it's the dream shadow that you hope you can catch up to you know and there's something beautiful about that so speaking of live gigs and the and the personal effect what has it been like to be in front of people now that the world's opening up and the masks are going away and we're in a new realm what do they feel like uh that's also a good question Largely, it feels good for me, but there definitely are moments where I'm like, I gotta go home. <laughs> it's just too much. It's like after all of that solitude, yeah. um, uh, so much activity is, um, can be, can seem a little overwhelming, but I have to say, I'm, I'm kind of kidding saying that because I'm, I am very grateful to be back among my people, you know, in, in sharing musical experiences and and other you know just it feels really good to just be back out and about because there were a few false starts here i know it's yeah. different in other parts of the country but we're so concentrated with people here that um you know those the the stops and starts happened yeah. a few times and be like oh great everybody's look we got some gigs yeah we have a gig we have a gig a day before the gigs canceled somebody's got covid <laughs> like you know was it, it there were there were questionable moments <laughs> There, there were, yeah, and we had that too. It, it was, it was crazy how it was kind of this push and pull kind of a thing. But there was a musician I interviewed probably about a year ago, and she said the first time she got in front of a lot of people, she was at the local college here. She said there was thousands of eyeballs on her. It just freaked her out. And I think there's a phenomenon as we all come to come out of the fog and we have this PTSD that's very individual for each of us. And I would imagine for a musician that had had that solitude for so long, when you get reintroduced, that's a lot of energy just like that. Very true. Very true. I haven't had the opportunity to play for thousands of eyeballs yet, but I would make note of that when I do. If it, yes, if it, if it feels. absolutely. Overwhelming. I'm, I'm, I'd be happy to have that opportunity. Yeah, for sure. So if anyone wants to pick up this album, any live shows, anything revolving around your world, where can they go? Yes. Well, we're doing a, a big CD release party or whatever we music release party now, I guess. Yeah. Um, at Dizzy's in New York on Tuesday, August 22nd, uh, two sets, seven thirty and nine, maybe. And, um, I'm very excited about that because George is going to come down for that and he will have just been in Europe for five weeks. So, uh, be really fun to have him come down and, and, and join us at Dizzy's. 
Yeah. That's awesome. Um, and for now, the, the release is actually, and I, I'm a little foggy if it's the 7th or the 14th officially, um, but it's up for pre-order now on Bandcamp, and um, I've been putting up some little videos about it on my YouTube channel. Now I'm now, see, I'm learning here, Joe. I'm learning about all the stuff. I'm like, okay, I'm going to stop fighting it, yep. and I'm just going to join the party. So... Um, it's, it's interesting. I just thought of this. The um, You know the Chelsea Hotel, the legendary Chelsea oh, Hotel? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, for the last several years, it's been going on for a long time, they've been renovating the Chelsea Hotel. And I walk by it about twice a day because of where I live and where I practice and stuff. So I walk by it all the time. And I've been really grumpy about, ah, the, you know, if they're going to ruin it, blah, 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 you know, me and my attitudes and just recently they have finished the renovation and I went into the Chelsea hotel and it, they restored it so beautifully. Wow. (laughs) And it's so great. It's like, it should be a destination. If you're, if you're wandering around New York, it's really beautiful. I'm sure a beverage is, you know, a million dollars, but um, you know, I'm sure it's, it's 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 much fancier than it was but they really restored it they didn't just turn it into glass and chrome or something so it's it's very beautiful so i'm treating my uh musical uh business life the same way i'm just i'm stopping i've been fighting everything you know just i don't know i don't know i don't even know why but uh, I'm, I'm, I really surrender to all this, all the new stuff I'm going to have to know about of Spotify and YouTube and yeah. blah, blah, blah. I know. I know. You know, it's interesting. They had a movie about Chelsea Hotel and Jeff Tweedy of Wilco did the soundtrack. That was always one of my favorite soundtracks. I'm going to have to find that now Yeah. on one of these services that you just mentioned. And I think, I think they that didn't that movie i mean the movie was about the guy who sold it right and yeah. the old how it used to be it was and the movie was part of the thing where i thought like oh no it's going to be horrible it's going to be all yucky and new and um i don't know i just i was impressed when i went in i thought you know they did they did this they did this well yeah and i guess that's another thing that that i'm happy to realize recently is that Younger people, there are younger, lots of younger people that are way smarter than me. Right, right. <laughs> I'm, I'm happy to realize that, and I'm happy to to listen to them and hear why they're doing things they're doing. Like a lot of stuff, as it changes, I don't understand it, so I don't. I'm like, what? What do you mean they? <laughs> right, that's right. You know, or like pronouns and all that stuff. And now I'm like, eh, you know, they're onto something, and I, I, I'm. It's it's never going to come naturally to me but um i i can i can uh accommodate that it's it's about having an open mind you know it's weird i it's only been a few months ago that i started getting into zoom i was like i I, i'm just having an audio conversation i'm doing radio you know but then i got to it and it's a different psychology and it's like it's cool it's like i'm I'm in it's good 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 yeah i discovered this at um zoom at uh in the in the pandemic because it really was a good way to stay tethered to my closest people absolutely and it's I a had great two idea old friends we met once a week you know just 
just checking yeah. in and all that. So. Totally. It's good. It's a great conduit to stay connected. Claire, speaking of, it's been great to connect. Great to finally see you as we speak in person. And best of luck with the album and everything as we move forward. And I'm sure we'll reconnect when some historical slice of life happens again. Great, Joe. I would love that. I love Absolutely. I love that. And, and you know, I just want to throw in that I have... Uh, I got a student from Kansas City in the pandemic, uh, Andrea, what's her last name? I've got to look up her last name and I can't do that right now. But um, I think it's Edwards, Andrea Edwards. She's a baritone player, young baritone player in Kansas City and she's okay. fantastic and plays classical music and jazz. She's does, she, does she play gigs here in town live? I don't know if she's doing gigs out I, I can't look her up on the phone right now but that's um, fine uh she went off to college this past year or last year so she's a little older than than high school now but she was she, she was i think in high school in her last year when i started with her. okay she's a terrific player terrific. that's great I'll, I'll keep my eyes open for sure so great, all right oh, cool claire thank you thank you so much joe i appreciate talking to you Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in New York, Kansas City, and spots all over the world giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Claire for her time, music, and story. If you want to hear more interviews, you can find Neon Jazz interviews on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube, and for everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.